This evening's scripture will be read from Joshua 23, verses 1 through 6. Again, that's Joshua chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. It reads, After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It has, it, um, it was the Lord, our, it was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all, all the land of the nations that remain, the, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the great seas in the west. The Lord your God, him himself, will drive them out of the, out of your way. He will push them out of you out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you be very strong be careful to obey all that is written in the book of of the law of the of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left your presence we had a great number this morning. We've got a good number that has come back tonight, and for that we're grateful. We appreciate those of you that are visiting. As always, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We are going to be looking at the passage that Kirk read a moment ago, Joshua chapter 23. We're going to be looking at the entirety of the chapter, 16 verses. Sounds like a lot, but really it's not that much. I do appreciate... The good number of young folks that have come tonight. We're always glad that our young folks come back on Sunday night and Wednesday night, and we appreciate the great example that they set. We appreciate you being here. A lot of places you could have been tonight, but you've chosen to be here, and for that we're very, very grateful. Tonight in our lesson, we want to look at some final words recorded by Joshua as he gives what we would call some very wise advice to the children of Israel. Really what I would call words to live by. Joshua, of course, is old in age. In verse 14, he said, I'm going the way of all the earth. In other words, he realizes that death is imminent, and so his concern, the welfare of the children of Israel. And so tonight, look with me, if you would, for a moment or two at chapter 23 and think about the words that he shares with them to live by. I want to begin by saying that, first of all, there were some words of challenge to Israel. In verse 1 and following, there are some things that we would do well to consider in light of the great work of Almighty God. What Joshua is going to do is remind them of the work of God and then secondly, the Word of God. Listen to what he says beginning in verse 1. Now, before we look at verse 1 of chapter 23, let me just very quickly remind you. Back in chapter 1 of the book of Joshua, God had said to this great man that Moses, his servant, was dead. 
And so he said, I want you to arise and go over the Jordan. And ultimately, they were to receive the land that God had promised them in the long ago. And so now Joshua is going to remind them of the great work of Almighty God. And then he's going to place emphasis on reminding them of the Word of God. So note with me, if you would, verse 1. First, he talks about the provisions of God. He said, It came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from their enemies round about them. Let me just pause here very quickly. God, as you well know, had promised to give them the land of Canaan, the promised land. They were the recipients of God's gracious blessings. And so Joshua here reminds them of his provisions. Then he talks about the power of God. It wasn't by their might that they inherited this land, but rather God in his goodness and graciousness had delivered them out from the hands of their enemies and had given them this land. And so in verse 2, Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, their heads, their judges, their officers, and said to them, I'm old, advanced in age. Joshua, by the way, lived to 110. He said, You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. He said, See, I've divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I've cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God has promised you. If you drop down and look at verse 9, here's what it said, For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he has promised you. So it was God that had demonstrated his tremendous power in driving out the Canaanite people and thus giving the children of Israel this land. So he reminds them of the provisions of God, the power of God, and then the promises of God. Down in verse 5 again, he said, So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God has promised you. Now, one of the questions that sometimes come, comes up when we talk about this land of promise, did Israel receive the land as promised by Almighty God? Did God fulfill that land? Yes, He did. Did He fulfill that land promise? Drop back, if you would, to chapter 21, verse 43. The Lord gave to Israel all the land of which He had sworn to give to their fathers. They took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that He had sworn to their fathers. Not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of, all, of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. When God makes a promise, God keeps that promise. God had made a promise to the children of Israel. The relationship that He enjoyed with them was conditional in nature. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But God gave them the land just as He had promised them. Down in verse 14. He would again reiterate this. He said, Behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth, you know, in your hearts and in your souls, that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. 
All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. And again, we talk about by way of application all the great promises in the Scriptures, promises that have been made to us in everything from pardon from sin to the peace of God to the presence of God, all of the great promises that are summed up in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 as spiritual blessings. When God makes promises, He keeps those promises. He made promises to the children of Israel and He kept those promises. So we talk about the work of God, and then the Word of God. Look at verse 6. First, they were to be devoted to the Word of God, and then secondly, they were not to deviate from the Word of God. In verse 6, Therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest, he said, you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. Again, going back to chapter 1, when God called Joshua to assume this mantle of leadership, to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, he told him to be courageous, to be strong, to do according to all that was written in the book of the law of Moses. He said he wasn't to turn from it to the right hand or to the left. He said in so doing, he said you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. There's a lesson there for us. If we'll stay true to the Word of God, He'll bless us. God promises to bless those who honor His Word. Now, not only were they to be devoted to the Word of God, they weren't to deviate from it. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, Moses said, Add not unto His Word, nor were they to take from it, but rather they were to keep the commandments which the Lord God had commanded them. In other words, they weren't to add to, take from. They weren't to deviate from the right to the right or to the left, but simply to honor the Word of God. We talk about being blessed people today. If we'll honor the will of God, if we'll do what God says, I promise you, He'll bless you in so many ways. So, first there were words that challenged Israel, and then there were words of caution. When I think about the words of caution that were given to the children of Israel, first there was the danger of compromise. Joshua here addresses this on two fronts. First he talks about their activities and then their alliances. Note if you would what is said in verse 7. Again, they were to adhere to the word of God. He said, Lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you. He said, You shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them. Now drop down if you would. And note what he has to say in verse 12. He said, If indeed you go back and cling to the remnant of these nations these that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go into them, and they to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. We talk about the danger of compromise. I think it's interesting that Joshua here links unholy alliances or associations to unholy activities. And I think the application for us is if we run with the wrong crowd, Chances are very great that we're going to get in, involved in things that 
we shouldn't be involved in. It's difficult to run with the devil and live with God's people. I understand that we associate with people who are in the world, and there is the need to associate with people in the world to try to lead them to a better way of life. And you can look at the life of Jesus. He made a tremendous impact in the lives of people, and he, he reached out to people across many different barriers. Go back and look at the gospel accounts, the gospel narratives. Jesus made a difference in the lives of people that were really people that had been kicked to the curb, so to speak. People that were deemed socially inferior, racially inferior, etc. Jesus made a difference in their lives and he wants us to make a difference in the lives of people. But the point is, if we, if we hook up with people that don't have the value system that we have, if they don't think like we think, if they don't act like we act, then all probability they're going to influence us to compromise our faith. Joshua, Joshua would say over in chapter 24 to choose whom they would serve. And I think we have to make the same decision. Sometimes we want to serve God and serve the world. You can't do it. Jesus, of course, would say no man can serve two masters. Just can't be done. So there was the danger of compromise, and then he talked about being committed, the duty to commitment. Look, if you would, at verse 8. First of all, they were to adhere to the Lord. Then secondly, they were to have affection for the Lord. Look at verse 8. Hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. One of the ways that they could have stayed true to God was to have stayed true to His Word. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, God had instructed the children of Israel to teach their children diligently the law of God. Now we talk about words to live by, words that are filled with wisdom. The problem with the children of Israel, they didn't listen. They didn't listen and all of the heartaches and troubles that God warned them about, that Moses warned them about, that Joshua warned them about, they came home to roost. In Judges chapter 2, the writer there talks about how the children of Israel were faithful during the days of Joshua. All of his life, they were faithful. They were faithful during the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. But then the Bible says there arose another generation that knew not the Lord, nor yet the great work which he had done for Israel. How could that have happened? Somewhere along the line, the children of Israel failed to teach, to instruct, to remind. And God through Joshua here is saying, look, what you need to do, hold fast to the Lord. You need to be steadfast, you need to be faithful to me. Is that, is that not what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? In writing to Christians in the first century, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Drop down and look at verse 11. Not only were they to adhere to the Lord, they were to be affectionate for the Lord. And the two go hand in hand. Look at verse 11. Take diligent heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, before he instructed the children of Israel to teach their children, he said, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. What was it Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22? 
We are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. He said, this is the first and great commandment. If we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, then He'll be first in our lives. If we love Him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, we will adhere to His will, we'll follow His word, we'll stay true to Him. There's a correlation there. That's why we have to develop within our hearts a love for God. One of the reasons why some people aren't what they ought to be in the body of Christ, why they're not as faithful as they should be, why they're not steadfast in the faith, because they don't love God with all of their heart, soul, and mind. And Joshua here is saying, look, you want a prescription for a better way of life. You want to be blessed in this life? Let me tell you what, here's what you do. First, you adhere to God. You stay true to Him. Secondly, you love Him with all of your heart, soul, and mind. So, by way of cautioning the children of Israel, he talked to them about compromise. He talked to them about their commitment. There's a third thing I want you to see in our study. And that is he spoke words of consequence to the children of Israel. One of the things that I would want all of us to understand is the relationship that the children of Israel enjoyed with God was conditional in nature. It was then, it's true today. Does God love us? Absolutely. John said we love him because he first loved us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Going all the way back to the book of Exodus in chapter 19. You remember God reminded Moses how he had borne the children of Israel on eagles' wings and brought them unto, unto himself? And he said, Now therefore, if you will keep my covenant, if you'll obey my word, then you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. The bottom line is God wanted them to obey His word. If they did that, then He'd bless them. If they didn't do that, they would pay the price. Now, pick up with me if you would. Listen to what Joshua tells the children of Israel. Note if you would verse 12. He said, If you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations... These that remain among you and make, your, make marriages with them and go into them and they to you, know for a certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. But he said, they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides, thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Drop down, look at verse 15. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you and gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given you. Now, in light of that, go back very quickly and look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. I want you to see something in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Here's what you need to understand. Joshua, he's an old man. He understands his time on earth is short. He's about to leave this earth. So what's he doing? He's giving words of advice to the children of Israel. He's saying, in short, if you want to be blessed, you better stay with God. Moses, old man, about to leave this earth. As a matter of fact, the writer is going to chronicle the death of Moses. So in Deuteronomy chapter 30, here's Moses. He's standing before the children of Israel, and here's what he says. And we talk about words to live by. 
two men, two great men of God, two, leader, two leaders among the children of Israel, and basically what they're saying coincides one with another. Verse 11, this commandment which I command you today, he says, it's not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say who will ascend in, into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. The word is very near you in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, His statutes, His judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But He said, if your heart turns away so that you do not hear, and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and to possess. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, that you may cling to Him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you. The bottom line is this. There were conditions predicated in the scriptures concerning their relationship to God. There were consequences related to their relationship. If they obeyed him, he would bless them. If they disobeyed him, what would happen? He would curse them. But I want you to see what he says. He says, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Moses is pleading with the children of Israel. There are going to be temptations. There are going to be those, those things that are going to allure you. You need to say no. You need to stay true to God. And then here's Joshua, an old man. He's done his job. And he's saying to the children of Israel the very same thing. You better choose life. You better stay true to God. I want to close by saying this. I know that we, 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 that we meet on a weekly basis. And we talk about things that are spiritual in nature. And there are certain truths that we emphasize on a regular basis. Sometimes what is said resonates with people. And that light goes off and they get it. And then there are other occasions and there are people. They hear the same thing week in and week out. They hear the pleadings from the scriptures to do what's right, to live right, to honor God, to walk in His ways, to walk in the light. And they choose to ignore it. What they don't understand, what people don't understand is this is serious business. When Moses and Joshua stood before the children of Israel, they were saying, look, you want to be blessed. You better stay true to God. What we try to tell people each and every week, stay true to God. He'll bless you. The best way to live is Christian life. I understand we're not perfect. I know that because we're a Christian doesn't necessarily make us immune to the problems and trials and tribulations of life, but let me tell you what. 
God was with the children of Israel. And God was the one that saw them through difficult days and bad times. God was the one that stood by them. And He'll stand by you. He'll stand by all of us. I'd much rather have God with me in life than without having Him at my side. And so, the words that were spoken by Joshua, wise, sage words. God wants us to walk wants us to walk the road that leads, leads home, doesn't he? wants us to live so that one day we'll be with him in heaven. I want to encourage all of us tonight to think about where we are in life. If we're not, if we're not living as God would have us to live, make changes. It's not too late. We can always back up, try it again. It might be that you're here tonight and you're not a Christian. You believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, but you've never obeyed the gospel. Tonight is, is the night when you can do that. If you're here and you've never obeyed the gospel, why not do that? Why not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, repent of your sins, confess His name before others, be baptized into Christ so that all your sins can be washed away? Acts 2.38 if you're unfaithful, why not come home? Maybe you've tried living life your way. At one time you were in the church, one time you were strong and faithful, but not so today. Maybe you need to come back home. Let me tell you what, God will take you back. He'll forgive you. The Bible says that God is faithful and that God will cleanse every sin if we will but acknowledge it. 1 John 1, 9. Won't you come as we stand and sing?